Welcome back to Exit 77, a Notre Dame football podcast. I'm your host, Drew Brennan. This is episode 23. We're going to review the Georgia Tech game, also look at the Stanford game, and have a variety of other things we want to cover in between. Um, but thought I'd start off the show a little bit differently. Um, you know, definitely still the same kind of soundtrack that I typically start off with. Um, but that is actually um, the cool work of a girl named Darcy Stokes. So kudos to her. I'm going to, you know, put a little bit of her music um, all throughout the podcast today. I thought I'd do something a little bit different. As I continue to evolve the the Exit Seventy Seven podcast, I'm adding some music elements into it. Thought I'd add some uh, cool highlight reels into this week's episode as well. Um, but yeah, great opportunity for me to chat with you guys all um, as we head into Thanksgiving week. It is a uh, Tuesday night, um, so I have the opportunity to uh, rewatch the Notre Dame Georgia Tech game. And like I said, we can also take a little bit of a look at the Stanford game. Um, so let's take uh, a peek at re- as it relates to everything that happened on Saturday. Saturday, as the Irish beat the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets 55 to nothing. Uh, super exciting to see such a huge win by the Irish on Senior Day. Um, definitely one of those games where, especially when you think about Senior Day, you want to have a stress-free environment, get as many of the seniors out there as you can, especially the walk-ons, give them the chance to play that one game. Uh, the Irish able to do that. Um, like I said, there was really kind of no doubt in the game as the Irish, I think we're up 24 nothing after the end of the first quarter. And from there, it was just a matter of you know finishing out the game and I think in good respect, one of the things that the Irish were able to do was really put the, the Yellow Jackets away. I think the score at halftime was 45 to nothing. So really, you know, I, th- I think for a lot of us Notre Dame fans that tend to want to see Notre Dame really you know, go for the jugular, this was a game that the Irish did that, and it was really fun to see the outcome and see everything they were able to accomplish on Saturday uh, at Notre Dame Stadium. All right, before we take a look at um, each one of the, the different units on the Irish team, let's go back to our predictions and where we are at um, coming into the Georgia Tech game. I was at 11-1. Um, I started off the season at 11-1. Um, so, you know, then the Irish played Florida State. I stayed with they, – they won that game. I stayed with 11-1. Then the Irish played Toledo at home. They won that. So I stayed at 11-1. We played Purdue. Uh, we won that one. I stayed at 11-1. Wisconsin, we went to 4-0. I stayed at 11-1. We then lost to Cincinnati. And so I stayed at 11-1, um, so with their 4-1 record. Moving on from there, we then played Virginia Tech. We won, uh, so it was at 5-1. and I moved down to 10-2 at that point. Following that game, we had the bye week, and then we came back against USC. We won and went to 6-1. and um, I stayed at 10-2, and I believe, at that point. Then we won against UNC where we went to 7-1. I moved back to 11-1. Then we went to um, 8-1 with a victory over Navy. Um, I stayed at 11-1 at that point. Uh, Then we went to uh, 9-1. Gosh, now I'm completely messing up everything here with regards to the schedule. Um, I can't believe I have forgotten who we played in all these games. I hope I was right with regards to after... UNC. Um, yeah, it was Navy. Um, so we went to 8-1 and one after that game. I stayed 11-1. Then we went to Virginia. I can't believe I forgot that one. I stayed at 11-1. We won. We went to 9-1 and one from an overall standpoint. Now we beat Georgia Tech. We are 10-1, and one, and I am staying with 11-1 and one, um, as we head into the Stanford week. So hopefully if the Irish can get a big win on Saturday at Stanford, they'll be playing at night that game, 7 p.m. Central start. The Irish will finish the season 11-1. and one. We'll talk a little bit as it relates to what that might mean for the Irish from a playoff standpoint um, later in the episode. But let's start to take a look at um, the different positions and how they played against Georgia Tech. So starting off with the QB, 
Um, Jack Cohn, another solid game, very efficient. He was 15 of 20 for 285 yards and two touchdowns. Um, just another solid game by uh, Jack Cohn. You know, he had two quick sacks at the beginning of the game. So on that first drive, the Irish started off really well. They got a Chris Tyree kickoff return to about the 50, a really nice pass to Kevin Austin. And then we got in the red zone and we sort of sputtered. Uh, Jack Cohn took two sacks in a row, dropped the Irish back into field goal position. Um, Jonathan Dorr kicked the field goal. So we went up 3 nothing, And I think that was really, really probably the worst that Cohn looked all day were those two sacks. I think from that standpoint on, he really had a dominating game. Um, didn't play a ton in the second half. Um, you know, really kind of finished it out as we went up 45 to nothing in the first half. Um, but, you know, yeah, definitely a really good game for um, Jack Cohn and definitely someone that, you know, at the end of the day, I think we continue to see him evolve with regards to the offense and what Tom Reese is doing. Uh, Buckner came in, had a really nice 68-yard run, um, had a couple of fumbles or, you know, got some pressure as he wasn't able to get out of the pocket. Um, I still think that he needs to, you know, figure it a little bit out on his on his passing. It doesn't look like he has, like, full range of his arm when he passes. I don't know what, what other people are seeing, but it just doesn't look to me like he has the strength to really get the ball downfield. Obviously, he brings a great running threat to the game, um, and he did some really cool stuff there, but I would love to see him, you know, have the ability to possibly, you know, maybe stretch the field a little bit more with some of his passing. I think that'll come as he continues to get more comfortable and as he gets more uh, use of the offense. All right, let's take a look at the running backs. Um, another solid game by uh, actually three or excuse me, four running backs for the Irish. For those of you that tuned in, you saw four different Irish running backs get the get the ball um, as related to what we were able to do against Georgia Tech. And why not? While we're at that point, let's highlight a quick run here by uh, Mr. Uh, Kyron Williams. Just watch his patience as he gets the ball here. That patience is what it, we've seen develop here over the last five, six, six games with Kyron Williams. And it really allowed his game to go to a whole other level. That was a nice, uh, almost, I think, about 10-yard touchdown run by Kyron Williams that put the Irish up 17 to nothing. So another solid and really strong performance by Kyron. I think he had two touchdowns total. Um, once again, always setting the tone for the offense, really bringing the thunder um, and bringing the leadership. And, uh, you know, just it's going to be a shame to see him move on from Notre Dame. Super excited to see what he does in the pros. But um, Saturday in, in Stanford will probably be his last regular season game for the Irish. Hopefully he'll have two chances in the playoffs to play a little bit more. Um, but what an amazing career. He somehow was not a Doak Ward um, finalist or Doak Walker finalist. I don't know how that didn't happen for the top running back in the country. They chose 10 running backs in the country that are somehow better than Kyron Williams. I would love to see um, the justification on that. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, another really, really nice game by Logan Diggs. Um, he had a couple of touchdowns, um, you know, caught a really cool screen pass that the Irish set up. Um, and I'm going to give you guys a quick listen in on that one. It was a really well-designed uh, play by the Irish. There was a fake screen to Chris Tyree, who had come across um, before the snap, and then they went back to Diggs, who popped out on the right-hand side, and they had a couple of linemen blocking for him. And it was a really nice, like I said, really well-designed play, really nice run by Diggs. He continues to impress as a, as a true freshman. I think he's got four or five touchdowns now on the year, um, and he continues to get better and giving the Irish a really nice, solid number two option behind Kyron. You know, I would love to see Chris Tyree um, as that number two option. I think he deserves it, and I think he is. Uh, 
does, you know, obviously play himself in that position, but he doesn't seem quite as healthy as we want him to be. Hopefully he continues to get better um, as the weeks move on. Um, he did have a really nice kickoff return, like I said, for 50 yards. Um, when he got in there, he did have a couple of nice runs, but I'd love to see him get involved a little bit more just because he has that top end speed that the Irish uh, can really use. So, um, you know, he's starting to get back in the mix. I hope he continues to get better. Last running back, Audric Estime, had a really, really solid game. He came in at the end there, had about, I think, six rushes for about 60 yards, averaged about 10 yards per carry. Um, he is an absolute bowling ball. He's a total beast. And once again, another true freshman. Um, so someone that, you know, teams are going to have to account for at some point, whether they play the Irish now or possibly down the line later in the year. You know, and as we look at the running back room moving forward, I think, you know, we continue to hear this being talked about on podcasts and on the Notre Dame websites, but you're going to have a backfield probably of Tyree, Diggs, Estimate, and then Jadarian Price, the, the freshman who will be coming in next year. That is an absolutely stacked uh, running back room for the Irish. So super exciting times and what's ahead for the Irish. Um, I think the Irish rushed for about 215 yards on Saturday, so another really solid rushing game. From wide receiver standpoint, you know, not a ton to talk about. Kevin Austin had a really nice uh, game. I think he caught three or four balls, nothing too crazy. Lindsey, I think, got the ball on um, – I don't think he actually got the ball in a sweep, um, but he had a couple of catches, Style had a couple of catches, Colsey had a catch. You know, with this game being over by halftime, there wasn't a ton of work for the wide receivers, um, but, you know, they making plays on the balls that were thrown to them, and it was a solid outing for, you know, those four guys. Tight end Michael Mayer had another really good game, um, you know, caught a really nice touchdown pass from Jack Cohn. He was wide open running down the middle. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people, um, <laughs> you know, on Georgia Tech's defense knew actually where he was coming from, um, but he was absolutely wide open. Um, and definitely a really nice play by uh, play call by Tommy Reese and then a nice throw by Jack Cohn. So why don't we listen in on that whole play there? So, yeah, you heard Drew, Drew Brees talk about that play. Um, if you saw the replay of the game or saw them dissect that play after the touchdown, um, they basically had four wide receivers. Everyone went deep, um, and someone, a couple guys covered George Tack as the other tight end, and they left Mayer wide open. So it was a really easy touch on him for him, probably his easiest in his career. I think it was his longest pass catch in his career, um, but just another really solid game by him. He continues to come on strong as the uh, as the season progresses. Um, another, uh, you know, pretty good game for Takis. He got a, a catcher at the end of the game, almost scored a touchdown. I know they tried to then get him the ball on the next play, see if they could get him in uh, for a touchdown. Didn't happen, um, but another solid outing by him. It'll be interesting to see if he comes back next year um, for a fifth year. The offensive line, um, you know, they just continue to improve and continue to impress, obviously led by um, Patterson. Um, Christophic has really solidified that left guard position. Obviously, Joe Alt at left tackle looked really solid. Lug had a pretty good game, and then Kane Madden as well had a good game. Um, they, you know, once again, they have gelled as a unit. Um, they gave Cohen the time to pass, and then they also had obviously a, did a really nice job from a run blocking perspective. Um, definitely something you know that they have continued to improve on throughout the whole year. I think if you look at the stats from 
you know, Cincinnati game and prior is absolutely awful. And then, you know, every game since then, they have just continued to get better. Um, so, yeah, I think a really, really solid game by the offensive line. Tommy Reese, play calling. Um, I don't think you could ask for much more. He had Georgia Tech, um, you know, completely on their heels the entire game. Had, a, like I said, a lot of really nice calls um, where you saw wide open players, um, and he just did a really good job. So, got to give a ton of credit to Tommy Reese. The Irish were prepared. They went out, they dominated. You know, anytime you're up 45 to nothing at half, um, you'll take that. I think they scored on, uh, I think they scored touchdowns on about six out of their first seven drives, um, you know, including that field goal there. So awesome first half for the Irish. Um, really good game overall. Um, got to get a lot of reserves in at the end. Once again, I said, you know, they got Audrey Estime in there for some, for some carries at the end. And they just continue to improve, continue to evolve. And it'll be an exciting team um, as we look at the last couple games this year. And then obviously as we head into next year, the offense could be scary good next year with everyone that's coming back. So, um, yeah, great job by Tommy Reese there. All right, let's get back into uh, a quick song here by uh, Darcy Stokes again. Um, And before we transition into the uh, defense and what they looked like. Let's take a little bit of a look at the defense and what Marcus Freeman's group did on Saturday. Um, dominating performance, once again, 55 to nothing, third straight game in a row that the Irish have not allowed a touchdown. Um, so coming off of the victories against Navy and against Virginia, um, once again, not sure how much more you could ask from this defensive unit. They were causing a ton of pressure on Georgia Tech's quarterback the entire game. I think the guy got hit about 13 or 14 times. He got sacked a bunch of times. Um, you know, the defense was just causing a ton of havoc. And I think that always starts up front. So, you know, incredible game by Isaiah Foskey. He caused, um, you know, an interception. Um, and then he also caused a fumble um, that MTA returned for a touchdown. So let's take a look real quickly uh, at the interception. Um, you know, that was a really nice play by him where he came in and almost sacked the quarterback and the quarterback tried to throw it away. Um, but Jack Kai's right there. So let's listen in. So let's look at Isaiah Foskey right here. This guy has just been wrecking left tackles all all year long. This time they put a tight end on him. That's no match for Foskey. He's able to get pressure on the quarterback. And Jack Kaiser has his second interception of the season, third of his career. So, yeah, another uh, interception return for a touchdown by Jack Kaiser. That's his second uh, this year. He did the same against Wisconsin. And as Drew Brees said, you know, Isaiah Foskey, he's been a game marker this year. He got double teamed in Virginia, so a lot of the other players stepped up and made a lot of nice plays. Uh, Georgia Tech decided not to double team him, and obviously you saw the results of that. Um, so, yeah, just a fabulous game by him. Um, MTA had a really good game. We'll talk about his fumble return here in a second, but Howard Cross had a great game. You know, you saw Riley Mills back out there again. Obviously, the Adam Malola brother. Um, just a really solid performance by the Irish's defensive line. And it opened up a lot of plays for the linebackers 
And once again, you know, the entire uh, Georgia Tech offense was under duress the whole game. Going back to MTA and that fumble return for a touchdown, you know, what an absolutely amazing senior moment for him. You know, I think all of us that listen to this podcast know his story. You know, he's a captain for the Irish. He's from Hawaii. This is his fifth year. Um, I think about a week to two weeks before the season started, his dad passed away. He had to fly back to Hawaii for his dad's funeral. He was named a captain while he was out there. So you can only imagine what this day must have meant for him, um, being a senior and not having his dad there. His mom was there. They interviewed her after the fumble return for a touchdown. What an emotional moment. Um, and from everything you hear about him, he's an absolute leader, a total you know, complete team player and some guy that just, you know, you hope that for the best for him. I hope he goes off in the NFL and has a great career. Um, he's just been a solid, you know, amazing Northern player for his five years, and I wish him all the best. But like I said, what a way for him to finish off his senior season um, by that play. And let's take a quick listen to it. You'd assume four down territory if they don't make it. It's chased in trouble, trying to get rid of it. Ruled a fumble on the ground. And Myron Tango Vailoa Amosa on senior day. Once again, another great call by the broadcasting group. And, you know, as I said earlier, and as I said before, just an amazing moment for MTA um, on senior day at Notre Dame Stadium. All right, let's take a look at the linebackers. Um, another solid performance by by the group as a whole. You know, Drew White came back this week after not playing last week. Um, he had a solid outing. Obviously, Bo Bauer continues to impress. Um, really good outing by um, Isaiah Pryor. He's once again, you know, made a role for himself on this team. Um, you know, same thing. I listened to a lot of podcasts this week and reading a lot of articles. He's just been an extremely solid player for the Irish this year. I think a lot of people thought he'd be someone that was going to be big on special teams, but he's carved out a role for the, himself on this defense, obviously, with Kyle Hamilton not there. They've had to you know, kind of move players around a little bit, and uh, you know, he's, he's found a spot, and he's playing really, really good football right now for the Irish. Um, Kaiser, another great game, um, especially with that interception return for touching. He did hurt his ankle there, um, I think, early in the second half, or maybe it was towards the end of the first half. But Brian Kelly, you know, based on the press conference this week, sounds like he's going to be back. He should be ready to go for Stanford. So shouldn't have to worry too much there. Um, Bertrand had another nice game, you know, made a ton of pressure, caught, you know, had some nice plays. And then Botello was playing Rover. Uh, that was neat to see. They've kind of moved him from that defensive line to the, the Rover role. He had a very solid game. And then Prince, Prince Collier, our freshman um, linebacker, I think had five total tackles as he got a lot of play in the second half. So once again, arrow pointing really up um, for the linebackers. They had a great game. And they once again, you know, continue to bring pressure and continue to hold the uh, team from scoring touchdowns. Defensive backfield, you know, I think we've got pretty much a group of about six players out there um, that are getting the play right now. You know, Houston Griffith, um, Ramon Henderson, and DJ Brown are your safeties, um, rotating those three in, you know, on a nice basis. I think Henderson and DJ Brown are starting to come to the forefront. Um, Griffith is not playing as much as he as he did earlier this year. Um, and then on the on the cornerback side, you've got, you know, Cam Lewis. Um, Hart and Bracey and uh, uh, sorry, Clarence Lewis, Cam Hart and Tariq Bracey. And those guys had a really solid game as well. Um, right there on all the pla- the passes, made some nice tackles. Um, once again, Georgia Tech didn't get a ton out there from a pass perspective and they did a really good job from defensive backfields, from the defensive backfield side. Um, we talked a little bit uh, in the preview last week as it relates to Jameer Gibbs, their game record. He didn't catch one pass against the Irish. How great was that? Um, that's a kid who averages over 168 total yards per game. And the Irish completely shut him down. Uh, I think he had a couple of nice runs. 
um, but nothing too crazy. Um, and so once again, fabulous game by the Irish defense. So, you know, the grade for Marcus Freeman in this one, he just continues to impress. You know, obviously the Irish have done all this without Kyle Hamilton, um, the best safety in the country and probably their best player on the entire team. Once again, three weeks in a row without giving up a touchdown. If we can do it against Stanford again, that'd be four weeks in a row. Don't think I've ever seen that happen for the Irish um, or for an Irish team, at least not in my lifetime, or at least not, you know, since possibly maybe the uh, you know late '80s, early '90s Holter. Um, but that would be great to finish off the season if they could get a shutout, or maybe even just giving up a field goal. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah. Really, really good play calling by Freeman. He brought a ton of pressure. You didn't really see the three down linemen uh, a ton this game. He kind of stuck with that four. Um, the safeties were coming in, or the and also the defensive backs are coming in from a blitz standpoint. Obviously, the linebackers are getting on the, on the blitz standpoint. They're doing a lot of stunts. So, you know, some of the linemen, you know, moving into different uh, angles or zones when they're making the rush, and the linebackers filling those gaps. Um, it's a very confusing defense for an offense. Uh, and I think the Irish are, you know, they're starting to peak at the absolute right time with regards to what they're doing uh, from not only a defense perspective, but obviously an offensive perspective as well. And it's an exciting time. This is an exciting team to watch. It's really, really fun. So overall grade for uh, Marcus Freeman, um, really, really good. Special teams, not a ton to point to there. Wasn't really a whole lot going on this game. You know, Dora had two field goals, so two for two. Bramlett didn't really punt a ton. Um, you know, we did talk about that nice return from Ky- uh, from Tyree on the kickoff. Um, but outside of that, wasn't a whole lot to really talk about. Um, Irish Limited, Georgia Tech's kick return, which is good. Um, so, yeah, overall, you know, pretty solid game for the special teams. Head coaching, Brian Kelly, once again, um, another solid effort by his team, 55 nothing. I don't know how you can't give the guy an A or an A-plus for this one. Would have liked to maybe seen a little bit more of Buckner a little bit earlier in the second half. I think you maybe could have rested Cohn and got Buckner in there for the entire second half. I think Cohn played either one or two drives in the second half. Um, but, yeah, we need to obviously continue to get Buckner out there and get him more reps and get him more experience. Um, but, yeah. A grade for Brian Kelly, um, getting the team to ten and one, um, you know, and obviously heading into the final week of the season with a possible eleven and one record. So great job by Brian Kelly and his staff. All right, let's now start to take a little bit of a look at the playoff um, and where we're at in there. But before we do that, you know, once again, I'm going to take it back to Darcy Stokes. All right, let's start to take a look at the playoff uh, rankings, which just came out tonight. Um, all right, let's go down the list from 1 to 10. Um, that's going to be the best way for us to look at it, and then we'll give you some scenarios, tell you where the Irish are, and obviously give you an update as it relates to where the Irish could possibly finish and whether or not they have a chance to make the playoffs. So coming in at number one, we've got Georgia at 11-0. Number two is Ohio State at 10-1. and Ohio State moved up a couple of maybe one or two spots, I think maybe two spots. To number two, Alabama dropped a spot to number three at ten and one. Cincinnati, first uh, power non-power five team, um, I think to ever be at this spot, is at number four at eleven and zero. Michigan 
is five at 10 and one. Notre Dame came in at number six at 10 and one. Oklahoma State, seven at 10 and one. Baylor is number eight at nine and two. Ole Miss, number nine at nine and two. And then Oklahoma at 10 and one at number 10. Those are the only teams that I think they're still in the mix um, as it relates to getting a, you know those four playoff bursts. You know, everyone from 11 on down has at least two losses. So I think you can pretty much remove all those folks. So let's get a little bit of a look at, you know, kind of upcoming games, what's going to be happening. So the big game obviously on tap for this weekend is the Saturday Ohio State-Michigan matchup. So you got number two versus number five, both teams with one loss. So one of these teams is going to have two losses coming out of that game. And the winner of that game will then move on to the Big Ten Championship, more than likely playing Wisconsin if Wisconsin can beat Minnesota. I think that that's going to be then that matchup. So one of those teams is going to drop out of the top, um, you know, probably at least six. Um, I do think a lot of folks think Ohio State's going to win at the game. Is that Michigan? Um, let's, so let's kind of predict and look at Ohio State winning that. Michigan is then going to drop. If Notre Dame can win, Notre Dame would move up to probably number five um, as we head into um, the championship weekend. Georgia uh, plays Georgia Tech. So you know, I think a lot of people think yeah, that'll be a pretty easy game. I think the spread is 35 points. So Georgia's going to finish the season at 12 0. Alabama plays at Auburn. Um, Auburn has not looked that good of late. So Alabama's probably going to finish 11 1. Then we're going to see Georgia play Alabama in the SEC championship. Cincinnati has, I think, you know, a pretty easy game this weekend. And then they're going to be playing Houston in their championship. I think it's the AAC championship. Now, Houston is actually, um, you know, they're actually 10 and 1. So I'm not saying that that's going to be, um, you know, a really hard game for Cincinnati, but you know that could be a game that they could lose. I mean, Houston has, has looked pretty good this year, so that could be interesting to see how Houston does in that game. If they win out, they will finish the season at thirteen and zero, and I would imagine they would probably stay in the in the race for one of those four spots and probably getting the third or the fourth spot. Obviously, the Irish have to win at Stanford this weekend. If we do, we finish the season at eleven and one, um, and then we got to kind of wait and see what happens in some of these other games. Oklahoma State plays Oklahoma this weekend, so you got number seven versus number ten. So one of those teams is going to lose and have two losses. Um, will be interesting to see. I don't, you know, Oklahoma State is probably the better team, but Oklahoma has really kind of owned Oklahoma State in this series. Um, so we'll be interesting to see what happens in that one. If Oklahoma State wins, uh, they will then play Baylor. In the uh, in the Big Twelve Championship, if Oklahoma wins, Oklahoma will play Oklahoma State again in the Big Twelve Championship. Um, so you know, kind of a few different outcomes to look at there. I think all Irish fans are hoping for is a split. So if Oklahoma State wins that first game, they want Oklahoma State to lose that second game. If Oklahoma wins that first game, they want Oklahoma to lose that second game. Um, and if that happens, you'll have a two loss. Big 12 champion, and they're probably going to knock themselves out of the playoff uh, possibilities. Once again, the Pac-12 is going to be out because they don't have anyone out there, and the ACC is going to be out of it as well um, because they don't have anyone available too. So um, Irish, you know, in the best-case scenario, um, you want to see, once again, uh, the Big 12 kind of eat itself. Um, I guess in the situation and scenario we're at now, you probably want to see Cincinnati lose. Um, You know, I've always kind of thought Cincinnati winning out um, would be the best for the Irish, but you're probably going to want to see Cincinnati lose to Houston. I think that would then knock them out. And I think, you know, they would look at the recency as it relates to the Irish rather than, you know, the Cincinnati win over the Irish earlier in the season. Um, And then from a SEC standpoint, you really want Georgia to, you know, hopefully, you know, beat Alabama by two or three touchdowns. Um, you don't want that game to be close. If it's close, you might see a lot of people saying, okay, you got to keep Georgia and Alabama in it. Obviously, you wouldn't want Alabama to win that game. 
because if they were to win it, then you're probably looking at Georgia and Alabama both definitely getting it no matter what. I still think a lot of people are thinking about a two-loss Alabama as well um, of them possibly staying in. I don't think Ohio State's going to lose, so I think you're probably looking at um, Ohio State making it in. Now, the only thing that could change the Big Ten is if, for example, Michigan were to somehow beat Ohio State this weekend and then maybe lose to Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship, then you're probably looking at the Big Ten not getting in. But that doesn't seem um, terribly likely either. So those are the scenarios. That's what we've got. That's where we're at right now. Um, and, yeah, that's probably kind of our best look at the playoff and where everything is. Um, you know, I, you know, the Irish continue to, to move up, and obviously they're playing their best football. Um, but they've got to have a lot of things happen for them to make the playoffs. I'd love to see it It'd be, you know, once again, another feather in our cap. As I said, three out of four years making the playoff. Um, but we'll see, you know, games still be played. Uh, important thing for the Irish is to win and dominate against Stanford on Saturday. So let's see what they can do. All right. We're going to move into our question section and then also our Stanford preview. Um, but once again, taking it back to Darcy Stokes. All right, let's take a little bit of a look at our question this week. I actually didn't put it out there for people to send in questions, um, really. I did uh, put it out to a few friends, and I did get one question back, so this will probably be a quick question that we have. Um, as, like I said, I didn't get a ton in. I probably should have done a better job of asking people to submit. Um, but did get one from Adam Pincus, a good friend, close buddy here from Notre Dame, class of 2000. Diehard Notre Dame football fan. I think Adams asked one question earlier, um, but his question for this week is: Do you roll the dice on Buckner next year with the thought that QB may be our biggest boom slash bust position for a run at the playoffs, or bringing a transfer and risk chemistry as guys on a team generally are behind their teammates? Um, great question, Adam. Um, I think you know. I think we're at the point right now that Buckner is going to be the man next year. I think obviously you know a lot of us thought earlier in the season that Drew Pine deserved the opportunity to play, and you know he probably should have started a game there at some point, um, but. Clearly, the staff is looking at Buckner as the guy for next year, I think. And I would hope that the staff has seen a, a, a ton from Buckner this year in, play, in practice. That gives them the reason to think that he is the guy. I think the one thing that Buckner brings to the table that's different from any of the other QBs on the Irish roster is that, you know, that really that RPO threat. And we've seen it a few times this year where he has the ability and the opportunity to hand the ball off to the running back. He can take the run himself. He can stand there. He can make a throw to a wide receiver. He can run and then act as if he's going to run and then throw. And I think that that is obviously that's the nature of where college football is going right now. And I think that that type of offense gives the Irish a ton of weapons as we look at next year. So I think they're going to stay with Buckner. I don't think that they're going to bring in a grad transfer. You know, they have one quarterback committed in the class of 22 class already. And it looks like they're you know possibly looking at and bringing another one in. So I think if they bring two QBs in there, obviously you're looking at Cone being gone. You know, our other quarterback, Clark, has already transferred out. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Pine does. I mean, Pine might say no stuff. All right, I'm going to give this one more spring and see if I can beat Buckner out for the starting role. And who knows? Maybe he does. 
Uh, but I just don't see, I just don't see it happening with the way that the staff is is you know been using Buckner this year and, and some of the cool things he's done this season. So I expect Buckner to be the starter against Ohio State in Columbus next year. I don't expect them to bring in a grad transfer. I think if they only if they were to bring in a grad transfer, it's someone that clearly has a backup. Um, you know that be as if that would would be if Pine you know obviously clearly decided to leave, um, but that transfer would not have the kind of the promise of starting which i think jack Cohn, you know certainly had it seems like going into this year so i have a hard time thinking that a grad transfer um from a quarterback perspective is going to come into Notre Dame and want to be the backup uh, but i don't know stranger things have happened but yeah i think that they're going to run with uh, buckner he seems to get along with the team really well he seems like a really likable guy pine is a clearly a really likable guy as well um so i don't think the team would have a hard time or you know have a problem with him starting either but it seems like buckner's the man and once again i think he brings kind of that that best and most unique uh, offensive threat um, for the Irish moving forward, especially as we look to modernize our offense. But great hearing from you, Adam. I hope we get a chance to watch the game on Saturday. I know we're talking about meeting up together to watch it, and I hope a few of us can do it. And so, yeah, looking forward to uh, Saturday night and watching the Irish take on Stanford. So moving forward, let's take a little bit of a look at a Stanford preview. Um, you know, I don't have a ton of information on Stanford outside of the fact that they're really not that good. Um, but, you know, they've had a couple of nice wins this year. They really, you know, stomped on USC. And then they also somehow beat Oregon. They beat Oregon at Stanford. I actually ended up watching the end of that game here at my house. Um, I think they were on about the five-yard line with about two minutes to go. And they needed, I think they were down by eight, and they needed a touchdown, two point conversion, and they they somehow got a touchdown. And then they they got the two point conversion, and then um, maybe they won in overtime or something. Yeah, I think they won in overtime. Um, but yeah, the, the, the super shocking and surprising win against Oregon. But then you know, obviously seeing what Oregon, what happened to Oregon against Utah last week, um, they clearly are not you know one of the best teams out there. But yeah. Not a ton of talent there. You know, the defense is not that good. They do have a pretty good quarterback. You know, there's been a lot of talk as it relates to the quarterback, and he was injured this year. He's coming back. So, you know, I think, you know, we got to you know keep our eye on him. I don't think he's kind of a run-pass threat. I think it's just more of a, a, a throwing threat and someone that could, you know, if he's got his receivers open, can hit them. But the Irish should be able to win this game. They should definitely be able to, you know, dominate on both lines. And if they can continue to the ring of pressure like they have in these most recent games, I, you know, I think this could be a really big going away win for the Irish. Um, you know, not a typical Stanford team from the standpoint of, you know, great running backs, um, strong tight ends. You don't really hear or read a whole lot about those guys. You know, David Shaw, I don't even know what year he's in over there at Stanford. Um, but, you know, he's clearly – you know, kind of giving himself the opportunity to be there, I think it seems like as long as he wants, and I don't think they're going to make a change, but I think they right now, I think they are 3-8, and eight, and, uh, you know, if they lose this game, they're looking at a 3-9 season, so not that good. But let's hope the Irish can go in and get a win. Um, Stanford has not been the best place for the Irish to play over the last decade or so. I think, you know, going into the game in 2019, they hadn't won there in, I think, three or four times, and I've been there for a couple of those games. But, yeah, got the win there in 2019, and I think they will get the win again here this year. I think the Irish team really knows what they're doing right now they're playing together they're playing strong you know solid football and i think they're going to finish out the season with a win my prediction for the game i am going to go with the irish are going to score 48 points and stanford is going to score seven so i do think the irish will give them a touchdown but um, i'm going to go with 48 to seven um, a solid uh, really going away victory for the irish as they finish off the season i did want to take a look at one quick uh you know highlight as it relates to brian kelly and uh you know what he's going to be doing after this week um as it relates to his spending his time in california i know a lot of times we get some questions as it relates to um the irish and their recruiting so let's quickly uh, go to brian kelly and a question that he received um 
from an interview earlier this week and what his plans are as it relates to the Stanford game and how he's going to, you know, kind of stay on the road and do some recruiting. How is your week a little bit different this week in preparation? And will you stay out in California to do some recruiting? Yeah, so the schedule only changes a little bit in that Wednesday the players have off. So we'll spend a little bit more time with them, film study. We'll weight train them on Wednesday. Instead of getting them up early, we'll get them a little bit more rest. So Monday and Tuesday are tra- uh, traditional days for them. Wednesday, we'll get a little bit more time with them. That'll be different. Thursday, um, we'll get them up early. We'll have an earlier practice. We'll, we'll eat together at the Morris Inn with the families. And then we'll get on the plane and, and uh, get into San Francisco uh, sometime around 7, 7.30 um, West Coast time. Um, for me personally, yes, I will stay out on the West Coast. Remember now, we have, um, we have a number of mid-years coming in, so it's important that I get to touch base with all of them. So I'll hit, um, I'll hit the entire West Coast. Um, I'll move my way into, you know, Arizona, um, uh, Dallas. Um, you know, I just got to be into, I've got to go up into uh, uh, Washington, uh, L.A. Um, so it'll be, it'll be the full week. So hopefully that gives you guys a little bit of insight as to you know the Irish for the practice this week and then what Brian Kelly is going to be doing after the season ends on Saturday. I think obviously a lot of the assistant coaches will be doing much of the same. Um, as he said, they've got a bunch of guys from a recruiting perspective that are going to be starting uh, at Notre Dame starting in January um, for the spring semester. Obviously getting those guys on campus and getting them into the weight program and getting them involved with spring practice will be really good for their development. So yeah, great to see those players. Obviously make sure that they're still in the mix. Um, you know, There are a couple wide receivers out there that it sounds like are maybe wavering on their commitments to Notre Dame, so hopefully that BK is going to kind of hit home with those guys and obviously to keep those guys in the fold. Um, that's about it for today. I'm um, not going to do a preview pod because, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, and so this was the one pod that I was going to be able to get in for this week. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys like kind of the new music aspects to everything. I thought it would be kind of fun, <laughs> a little bit of a different change. Feel free to leave me your comments if you don't like it. Um, but, yeah, really enjoyed this episode. Um, this is episode 23 of Exit 77, a Notre Dame football podcast. I'm your host, Drew Brennan. Uh, feel free to uh, leave your comments at exit77 underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, feel free to ask me some questions there, along with, um, yeah, just letting me know what you think of, uh, of the podcast, the episode, and the show as a whole. I'm always open to feedback. And, uh, yeah, I hope that maybe following up after this Stanford game can have another live podcast with a few other buddies as we get ready to figure out, obviously, what's going to happen to the Irish, whether it's to a bowl game or possibly uh, the playoffs. I guess we will be finding that out here in the very near future as well. But thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope everyone has a wonderful and very happy uh, and safe Thanksgiving. And, you know, like I said, looking forward to us uh, talking here soon. As always, go Irish. And I'm going to finish it off here with the last song from Darcy Stokes. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Once again, Exit 77, Northern Football Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Brennan. Thanks again.